0: This is the Wesson Walker Show.
2: Even the crowd knows what's coming next.
0: Maybe you don't know this time. It's the Wes and Fitty Show. We just can't keep the band together that long, man. We try. We got so many different plans. Wes now leaves me after I had another wedding to go to over the last couple of days of last week. Now Wes is off doing some other big boy stuff. ACC women's tip-off happening at the Hilton Hotel right now in Charlotte. And he's there for that event. He's going to be there for the ACC men's tip-off tomorrow, getting ready for the college basketball season. So for the next two days... We're going to be mostly without Wes. He will be joining us in the next segment, doing a hit from the Hilton in just a moment. That's going to happen at 1220. Tomorrow, though, Wes should be with us, I think, for the last hour as we've worked it out. Things can change. He's a very busy man. He's a renaissance man. You know this already. So I do think he's going to be on with us at least for an hour tomorrow at the end of the show or checking in intermittently discussing whatever college basketball related topic we have at that moment. And I'm telling you what, Fiddy, I know you're really excited. This was something that you got to attend last year. Now you're going to have, look, I I hate doing the recurring joke. I don't want to do this all the time, but I have to go back to you getting your airtime, hopping on the mic on what is your favorite radio day of the year. Close to it. Yeah. Yep. It's a big moment for Josh Fiddy Marlowe in these streets, man. It is Wednesday Wednesday marks the first time you're going to be on the mic in what at least for a couple of hours getting to discuss college basketball with yes both figures you love (laughs) and figures you hate and have said horrible horrible things about
1: the best part about last year's show remember it was a you and Willie vehicle the nervousness Mm -hmm. that existed in y'all's. Like, y'all looked at me nervously when I would greet these people <laughs> because I have said some some very not-so-nice things about Tony Bennett, John Shire, Jim Boeheim, yeah. and then it's just very pleasant, hey, nice to meet you, mm-hmm. we're going to go down and talk a little college basketball with us, and I'll, I bring it up every time, and I'll, I'll talk about this the rest of my life, when I shook John Shire's hand, he knew. That there was something in me that did not like him. Did you squeeze his hand a little too? No, high? it was just one of those where <laughs> there was just a certain, you know, we shook hands like men, but I looked him in the eye and it wasn't the way I looked at Hubert Davis, mm-hmm. RJ Davis or Caleb Love last year.
0: So we're going to the Star Wars moment. You were letting the hate flow through you. <laughs> good. Good. <laughs> Let the hate flow through you. Is that going to happen again? Is there any moment of professionalism learned from that time? Or are you still going to have the same type of feeling shaking John Shire's hand?
1: We're going to learn right off the bat because we get Tony Bennett right as we start the show tomorrow. And Who's the nicest guy in the
0: world that it, we can both acknowledge?
1: That. And, you know, That's what ticked me off last year was because when I met him, I wore a I was wearing my then Hornets polo that we had last year. Of course, he's a former Hornet. He's like, oh, Charlotte Hornets yeah. is so great. He wanted to bond with you. And I Vinny. was just sitting there like, God, I hate the way you play basketball. You touch a gray. And it's just like, I can't do that because you you're said, too nice. touch a
0: gray. <laughs> you said touch of gray to Tony Bennett under your, be- uh, un- uh, under your breath. And now here we are just less than a week later <laughs> following that loss in college football. And you're going to have to talk to that guy. I believe Tony Bennett is scheduled to speak with us at the beginning of the show. So you get no buffer.
1: (laughs) I should play him. We should play him the rant and just see what he thinks about it. (laughs) I don't know
0: what he would do. You said so many angry things about the Cavaliers. So many angry things about that university. I don't know what he would do if he would just get up and walk off to the All right, I'm early. I'm early for this next interview. (laughs) Couldn't handle WFNZ. Now, there are a couple of people texting in real quickly before we get off of the bus that they know why Wes is skipping today's show, at least the first segment. 704 wrote in, how about those Vikings? Jordan Addison is a dog. Rev Kev, he wrote in, we all know why Wes is off. He's going to avenge some things in Minnesota. And Bagel Guy, last one, they all want blood today. Yeah. Bagua guy wrote in, call out Wes. He put all caps on it. He's off because his 49ers lost again. He cannot take the heat. Hey, he said he had an event today. Maybe this was a plan all along that he knew they might lose to Minnesota. I didn't expect him to lose to Minnesota, but maybe he knew all along. And that's why he was going to skip the first segment at least.
1: I did get him prepared, though. I said the Vikings have never started 0-4 at home. They were 0-3 entering... Home games last night. It was it was a wild game though, because I thought the whole entire time I waited for San Francisco to take over the game. But Kirk Cousins, God God bless him, man. That guy can't win in January, but in the regular season he makes he makes throws. I but but prime time he doesn't. It, yeah. It was different.
0: We got primetime Kirk Cousins and I will say, not that anybody cares about my fantasy team at all, <laughs> but I was going against Kirk Cousins last night. I had a 20-point lead and I thought, "Okay, I'm I should be safe, although I'm never too comfortable." And then at the end of the half, where if you incomplete that pass to Jordan Addison or if it's an interception to end the first half, I might be able to hold on, but a minus 2 play Turns into a 10-point play, and that's it for old Walker, which is – I have a bad – yeah, my, my, my fantasy football name, it's pretty bad. What so, is it? I don't even want to say because oh, it, it's no. taken a different connotation now. My girlfriend hates my fantasy name. It's Alpha Male, M-E-H-L. <laughs> it's so bad I don't think I can even do that in this climate anymore Alright, I gotta change it Let's get off the bus before I get in more trouble Go ahead, Fiddy, open up the doors
2: We look good getting off the bus I got something to say yeah.
0: We have college basketball starting tomorrow. We have professional basketball starting tonight. I shouldn't say the schedule starts tomorrow, but you get the idea. ACC men's tip off. We have the NBA actually tipping off tonight. The first game of the season will be between the Lakers and the Denver Nuggets, taking place in Denver. And then after that, Golden State will host Phoenix. So, some pretty interesting games. The Lakers, the Nuggets, they've been having a bunch of beef this offseason. And Golden State and Phoenix, Kevin Durant takes on his former team. He a championship with Bradley Beal over there with Phoenix a part of the monster trade that actually set Damian Lillard to Milwaukee so they're sacrificing some assets DeAndre Ayton for more depth should be a fun couple of games I want to discuss the Charlotte Hornets they tip off their season tomorrow against the Atlanta Hawks how excited are we for the Hornets season and this is the real question I want you to answer Fiddy I also want the listeners to answer How much of the fun has the Miles Bridges update taken away from you? And maybe to a lesser extent, not to try to lessen the severity of what took place with somebody dying and Brandon Miller being involved. But we did understand that there might be a wrongful death lawsuit filed against Brandon Miller when they selected him. So it's more disappointing, but I'm not going to call it surprising either way plenty of off-the-court struggles that the Hornets have surrounded themselves with. You can blame them. You can also blame the players in that organization. Do we still have excitement for this season? Do we still have the vibes that match what it was at Hornets Media Day, or has that been lessened because of all the off-court issues?
1: I mean, I'm not a you know internal optimist, but I'm going to take the optimistic approach because there is confidence coming out of that building. That I don't think existed even coming off the first play in appearance under James Borrego. Like like they, they they seem to be confident that when their team gets fully together, which will be game eleven when Miles comes back from suspension, if they can stay healthy, they're going to be a very competitive bunch. And they've got all the pieces to do it. Um, But the biggest thing comes down to health. If they stay healthy, there's no denying they're going to be a much more fun, much more competitive team to watch on a night-in, night-out basis.
0: Mitch Kupchak spoke with Sam Farber, Hornets play-by-play announcer, yesterday on Sam Farber's podcast. And Mitch Kupchak discussed the idea that they're not necessarily in acquiring young player mode anymore. There does seem to be a shift in philosophy That has taken place the last couple of seasons, but now Mitch Kupchak sees this as a team to compete and get to the playoffs. And he said how he feels like this team is better than the 43-win team that they had a couple of years ago. I'm not sure if I 100% agree with that. You have a better center with Mark Williams. That guy is very much so better than your other options that you had a couple of years ago. There's no Jalen McDaniels. There's no Kelly Oubre. But you do have Brandon Miller at number two overall talent on this squad. And you have another year under LaMelo Ball's belt. Hopefully a $200 million contract extension will allow him to play like close to an all-NBA player and at least an all-star once again. So I can see some of the reasons as to why you would think this team is going to be better. And certainly it's better than last year with all the injuries. And regardless of how you feel about Miles Bridges, we do know he's a more talented player. So on the court, there are still some reasons to be excited. But I am one with the -the off-the-court issues just draining me of my enthusiasm. One, because I got to talk about this team every day. (laughs) Every day. God bless you, Walker. Twice. (laughs) Twice every day. First thing I do in the morning, I go and I do the Lockdown Hornets podcast. The unique thing about the Lockdown Podcast Network is that we host a daily pod, and then I do the radio thing, and then we talk about the Hornets in season every single day as well. So when you have to focus so much on the -the off-the-court product, it's going to... It's going to impact you. And that's something that's happened to me. While I am excited for a Mark Williams, what is PJ Washington going to do in a role that best suits him? What is LaMelo Ball going to do in hopefully what is going to be a healthy season? The veterans have been getting nothing but praise this offseason. Gordon Hayward, finally healthy. Even if there's some foot soreness in the preseason. He's finally healthy. Terry Rozier, he's back a month earlier than he usually is because it's the most excited he's ever been to put on a Hornets uniform. That's his words, not mine. He flat out said that at Hornets Media Day. So at least there are some things to be excited about. Are we excited about the City Edition Unis though? Is another question because, oh boy, I saw a lot of hate on those City Edition Unis. Not just for the Hornets, by the way. The whole NBA, the entire association, people think they fumbled this. But what do you think about the Hornets, which has the teal matched with the mint with the gold separating the two very similar colors? I don't hate it, Fitty. Mm. And I feel like I'm the only one that doesn't hate it.
1: It, I mean, if if we were still the New Orleans Hornets and Chris Paul was on our team, I'd say it makes a lot of sense because that's what it looks like. If you don't follow Rob Perez Worldwide Wobe, on Twitter, yeah, 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 you can. He's probably he's my favorite NBA Twitter follow on X. He went through a whole thread of all the City Edition uniforms this year. This is why they gotta quit doing them every year because they've run out of great ideas and creativity. It's probably my least favorite uh, uniform the Hornets have come out with, and that's Samson because we had a purple Cha uniform. I think it was P.J. Washington's rookie year. I, I, I love the gradient uniforms from a, from, a, from a few years ago. I just don't think the mint and the teal work well together. Just go all mint, baby, because I want that mint court back more than I want anything back.
0: Well, I mean, we had a couple of years ago, the mint jerseys were revealed and everybody loved them. And that was more so of the trim. You had the pinstripes. Maybe you could get some pinstripes working with this uniform. I'm not sure how to make it a ton better. I don't hate it. But I also like loudness. I like weird things <laughs> on my jerseys. And some of these things are simple and plain. Yeah. With the other jerseys here, people are destroying Indiana's jersey. It's pretty bad. It's it's like, it's like a worse version of the Mavs graffiti bright blue in your face jerseys that they had a couple of years ago. It's pretty poor. Maybe we can have more uni talk on the other side of the break. I also want to answer your text messages. I also want to get to Wes Bryant on the other side of the break. We talked about it in the fishbowl. It's a busy show, so stick with us. We have a lot of content coming at you right here on Weston Walker with Fitty filling in. Sports Radio 92.7
3: WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio.
0: We're not kind to my co-host, to my friend, to my brother, Wes Bryant, after San Francisco lost last night to the Minnesota Vikings. People claimed that he wanted to skip out on the first segment just to dodge any heat anybody had for him. Well, he's here, folks. He's here and he's here in a different way. He joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline live from ACC. Women's tip-off taking place today at the Hilton tomorrow. It'll be the men's tip-off. Wes, what kind of message do you have for the listeners out there who think you were just trying to dodge some heat today?
2: Listen, man, I'm a veteran NFL fan, and I understand that the season is a marathon and not a sprint. Lots of ebbs and flows. You guys watch those America's games with the Super Bowl teams, and you hear about the times when they talked about when they had this loss or that loss and they didn't know where to go from there. And you need that type of stuff to build that, uh, build those calluses for when you get to the playoffs and you face an adversity. So we've dumped no smoke here. I'm here. Yeah, the Niners lost back-to-back games. Big deal. My team's probably still better than yours.
0: Well, yeah, I don't think there's anybody that can argue that if they're a Carolina Panthers fan. We, we lost back-to-back to back-to-back and to back-to-back back back games. We lost a lot. Yeah, you did. Triple, triple uh, um, yeah, that is, that's true. Yeah, that adds up, doesn't it? All right, it's a new era, though. They're going to play the Houston Texans, and hopefully they can start off with a win. I did want to get one other that's comment right. in before we talk about ACC women's tip-off. We were talking okay. about the City Edition unis here, Wes. The Charlotte Hornets, they start their season tomorrow. We now have every city edition uniform across the association. We had a couple people write in uh, that they do not like it. They like the black and teal bus city editions better. They like the mint city editions from a couple of years ago better. Uh, Even the gradient. I mean, even people like the honeycomb disappearing into the shorts better than what we have here with the teal matched up with the mint. What say you? Wes Bryant, Mr. Official Fire Fizzle guy that you are. Are these things fire or are they fizzle?
2: Yeah, I mean, just looking at them right now, they seem rather plain, kind of classic, but uh, the mixing of the colors is something that's that's nice as well. I mean, with the Hornets colors, it's hard to mess them up, and I know there's different ones because I was a big fan of the ones that uh, came out what, two seasons ago that had the script on there? Yeah. And people didn't like those, but I liked them a lot. And so, uh, you know, that's the thing. I like them. I'll give them a fire.
0: Okay, sweet. You and me, that's all that matters. If Wes and Walker says that's they're right. fire... Then they're fired, And we're done with that conversation. Fire! Let's move on. Let's talk about uh, the Virginia Tech Hokies team that you were hanging out with. You can go check Wes out on Twitter at Wes Bryant underscore 72. You know, Wes already working in the social media, posting pictures with the squad, the squad that went to the final four last year. And Wes, we talked about it. I'm excited as hell for this November 9th matchup. Caitlin Clark. Iowa, they're coming to town. Virginia Tech and Iowa are going to be going at it at the Spectrum Center on November 9th. How excited are the Hokies for that matchup?
2: Yeah, uh, I have some side combos with Georgia and uh, Elizabeth on the side. Tell me, you know, that I was a fan of them and how much I hated when they lost to LSU and the trash that uh, was being talked to them by Angel Reese. And uh, Georgia told me mm-hmm. that she didn't sleep that night and they just, you know, as soon as I brought it up to them, it was like, oh, my God, like just saying how, you know, you could just feel the memories just burned into their brains. And so uh, I feel like that they're definitely going to be ready for this matchup. It's going to be one heck of a matchup because LSU is loaded. So it's going to be a good game between those two. But Virginia Tech's got a really good team coming back as well, like I said, with that experience. Uh, like I said, with Georgia Moore and Elizabeth Kitley, and, uh, you know, Caitlin. King is here as well, so they were they were very nice women, and uh, yeah, we I definitely had to get the picture with him. And Kenny Brooks, the first African American uh, male head coach to go to the Final Four, so I had to get the picture with him as well. But uh, yeah, they, they're excited and they're definitely ready for the season.
0: All right. So with Virginia Tech being a main storyline with the matchup they have with Iowa in Charlotte, that's going to be a lot of fun. They get to the ACC. They get to the final four, I should say, in the NCAA tournament last year. What are some other storylines that are circulating out and about as you're there in attendance?
2: Well, just, you know, the league overall, they've got uh, four to five ranked teams. Uh whether you talk about Florida State, that's going to come up with Coach Wyckoff and Tania Latson. and that's one of the best players you probably never heard of. So uh, they were in the building as well. They're excited about what they can do. When you look at North Carolina uh, when they came in, fifty Daisy Kelly and I both had on the uh, the UNC toes, but I did inform them that I called them Houston Orler, uh Houston <laughs> Oiler toes, and uh, <laughs> they gotta they got a kick out of that her and us usby so. They were cool. And then Duke and Carol Lawson, what can they do? We know her pedigree is a player and how much she won. And then uh, Louisville is going to be looking for answers after losing uh, Haley Van Liff. So that's going to yeah. be uh, interesting as well. And uh, Notre Dame as well. So getting Olivia Miles back from injury is going to be huge for them and Coach Iby and the crew uh, for them to come out this season and see what they can do. So the ACC is going to be competitive as always. And uh, definitely some good teams at the top, but for sure you're looking at uh, Virginia Tech right now and Notre Dame as uh, the class of the league, and Duke is also uh, on the come up, too. And, and Carolina's there as well. They just have had issues. like They stay kind of in that 15, 20-ish range, and they still need a couple of signature wins to get them up into that upper upper echelon. Uh,
0: that is the voice of Wes Bryant, co-host of this show. Just doing it a little different, t- uh, differently today. He's on the <laughs> Body Works Plus guest hotline. He is over there at the Hilton for ACC tip-off, getting ready for the women's college basketball season. I did want to talk about the men's college basketball season with you for a moment. There are a lot of storylines on the women's side, right? You talked about Haley Van mm-hmm. Lith leaving the acc but virginia tech is still going to be a powerhouse we have that game with caitlin clark here in the city so we have national storylines taking place within the queen city it's going to be a lot of fun i i think i'm going to go to that game it's going to be really cool to see what about on the men's side though wes like i know you were talking about it a little bit yesterday you're not as excited about this upcoming men's college basketball season as years past why is that
2: well, I mean, when you look at it, just the league as far as just the transfer portal, and we talked about this in the fishbowl, how we feel like that that's impacted the sport of men's basketball more than any other, even football, because just you're not as familiar uh, with the players and things of that nature. So you're getting guys coming in from, you know, different schools and you're unfamiliar with their games as far as the star power that you get used to in the ACC with guys that have maybe been in a program, and I guess you could say season, guys, two seasons is uh, the, the correct seasoning for a lot of guys these days. But I mean, you're definitely going to be looking at Duke to see what they can do. Like Fitty said, they're in the same type of spot that Carolina was in last year. And so that's going to be the main storyline of seeing if they can do it. I mean, they're a heavy national title favorite. They're going to have exciting freshmen. They've got great upperclassmen. So, that's there, but that's just the main point. But I know as the season comes along, there's going to be more stars that are born. It's just finding those guys. Carolina coming back with Baycott uh, and the crew, and so they're going to be interested. Miami's definitely got some big-time players coming back, packing, opening air, so they're going to be on the warpath from previous seasons. But I guess just overall, just that huge star power. You know how I am, baby. You know I'm a star. God, I like the lottery guys, the guys I know I'm going to see in the NBA, the flash, the possess, so that's the thing. But I know there will be some guys that are going to ascend to that. Definitely going to have some fabulous freshmen at the top institutions. You know, Duke is going to have guys that are going to be lottery picks one day, so... Uh, that's the main thing is just getting familiar with everybody and a lot of the new faces.
0: All right. Last thing, Wes, before we let you get out of here and and do some more work and get to that business. Uh, I did Uh want to ask you, we got Steve Forbes later in the show tomorrow. So I have a feeling Uh you'll be able to ask him a question in person, but there might be a few guests that you miss along the way. Hubert Davis, Uh Armando Baycott, John Shire, Uh Tyrese Proctor, Tony Bennett got a lot of big names in the ACC season. Is there one question that you want to ask, or is there a storyline that you would like, us to ask for me and or Fitty to carry out for you if you have to miss some time tomorrow,
2: uh yeah, if you do run into the Carolina guys, though, I do choose to you know disregard the fact that whatever colorways they are, I'm not gonna you know call them u n c or whatever, but yeah, you could tell them that you know if they got a little joint care pack or something like that, that they wanna you know send uh, my way you know i'm I'm willing to uh, overlook. <laughs> You know how I feel about Carolina, and uh, you know show some love, and they can get them a Jordan care
0: pack over to the house. Okay, I like that because we got a text message from a three three six number saying Wes, and this is true by the way, Wes, <laughs> just a consummate professional. And then he tries to use leverage to get a care package from a team he hates. <laughs> that is the consummate professional, Wes Bryant, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. He's going to be at ACC women's tip off all day long, and then tomorrow. Doing- the men's thing, and then he'll be there with us when we're on site, maybe for the last hour, talking some more ACC hoops. Wes, appreciate it, my man. We'll try to take care of that Jordan care package for you.
2: No doubt about it, man. And listen, man, a Gang, we want all the smoke at all times. Ain't no problem. We'll bounce back. We'll see you in February.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. There you go. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: Fiddy waves him off. Did you just hang up on him? I hope he hung up on you.
1: No, I think I think it was a mutual hang up. You know, uh, like just done. Yeah,
0: yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, we got a couple of other people. You know, Big Kip saying I did not realize Wes was into hoops like that. He is impressive. Yes. How can
1: you be from the state and not be into hoops?
0: No, he's been talking some college hoops. He does ACC Digital Network. Not only is it his job, but he does like ACC hoops, and there he is talking about it a little bit more. So I wanted to get people up to date on some of the news we got from the Carolina Panthers organization just yesterday. So let's switch gears. Let's talk about the NFL, and let's discuss the Carolina Panthers, where a couple things that we heard from Frank Reich and others, a part of the organization, How about Austin Corbett? So Austin Corbett is somebody that I don't think it's far-fetched to say that we've been desperately waiting (laughs) for his return. I knew it was going to be a problem heading into the season. I don't know if anybody could have expected it to go this poorly. But Austin Corbett coming back from the ACL surgery said he expects to be activated this week, especially since if he's not, he'll go back on IR if he's not activated. So this is his words, quote, obviously don't want to do that. You've got to imagine, okay, let's get activated, and then I actually am going to be game day active or not, and that's the decision that we have, but we do expect him to be activated. Fitty, I I go back to this. Part of it might be hope. You can call me naive. That's fine. I just think there is such a big gap between the guards that we've seen pass protecting from the interior for Bryce Young compared to Austin Corbett. Yeah. Chandler Savala, even Calvin Throckmorton, cade Mays. sometimes they've even posted decent numbers in the advanced stats category past protecting but nobody is as good as austin corbett and i hope that there's not a lot of rust that he needs to knock off i'm hoping he's doing that now he called this warm up period his training camp because he didn't get one he was injured the entire time down in um down at wafford so hopefully he can come back as soon as possible hopefully that means against houston if not against houston the week after I do think once he gets back into his rhythm, that can only help the Carolina Panthers. And the only question that we have upon his return is just how much help is he going to bring to the offensive line?
1: I mean, it's definitely going to stabilize a unit that that has been discombobulated from word go. And you've seen it in the performance with the way that they just haven't been able to adequately protect Bryce Young. Because you look at some of the advanced metrics for the rookie quarterback, when he's been given a clean pocket and he's been given time to throw... We, we we haven't come out – we haven't come on here and said, yeah, he doesn't look the part. Like, yeah. whatever he's been given time. And every quarterback needs it. Like, there are, there are only so many Patrick Mahomes in the world that can run around and, and make the type of plays on a consistent basis. And so, you know, I, I think Corbett is a guy, even though he's a right guard for the Panthers, is an anchor for that offensive line. And we just truly undervalued his absence, which – it's, he's a right guard. Like, he's not your left tackle. But for the Panthers, that leadership, I think, thing has been really void. And when they get him back up front, you'll be hard-pressed to convince me the offensive line won't look better. As a result, the offense won't look better.
0: Well, and just and maybe it's too simple, but when Austin Corbett comes back, you will have 80% of your starting offensive line that we liked from last year. Mm-hmm. That's a big difference from 60. Yeah. And then you talk about the right side of that offensive line, featuring Bradley Bozeman, Austin Corbett, Taylor Moten, I think that's going to be a strong suit for this team. I hope so. Bozeman, better run blocker than he is pass protector, and we've seen that quite a bit. But even in the run game, if you can just manufacture some yardage for Miles Sanders, who has definitely struggled, or even just Chuba Hubbard with that physical run style, I think that can really help the young quarterback that we have in Bryce Young. Another player that we heard from was Terrace Marshall Jr. Joe Person tweeted out yesterday, that TMJ said he did not want to discuss his trade request specifically because, quote, I'm just focused on the Houston Texans. I don't want to be a distraction to the team. He did say his decreased role kind of played a part in their request. I would imagine it had a lot to do with it. (laughs) So I think this is a professional answer. Even if you do want to move out of the organization, I completely understand this. Fiddy, do you think that he is eventually moved before the trade deadline is up and done?
1: I don't think so because what are you... First off, how many teams are going to be interested in because there is just a lack of production? And then are you willing to give up a former second round pick for a day three draft pick at best? Like you're not getting a day two pick for him. Your best case, you you're getting what, maybe a six round pick, maybe a seventh round pick. If I'm the Panthers, that's a hard pill to swallow because you're basically admitting that you missed on him. I think he'll be here, and this could be a situation where maybe they just outright release him in the off season.
0: I, th- I think they'll move him because if if you end up just releasing him anyway, then you might as well take the sixth round pick that you were talking about. Yeah, I mean, that's a valid point. So it doesn't seem like this organization is here to frustrate any players either. They're going to want to do what's best for the organization. But I, well, I guess we can say this about Brian Burns, right? It just feels like w- with Frank Reich who has been such an advocate for Brian Burns, all the faults of Frank Reich that you want to hurl his way. I totally understand it. But man, one thing about Frank Reich, he has talked about how badly he wants Brian Burns to be a part of this team Mm long-term. And I think Frank Reich usually has the player's best interest at heart. Now with Terrace Marshall, you could argue, how do you forget to play that guy? I'm not so sure that was hundred percent the truth. I think there might be some at helping the assistant coaching staff, but you got to take care of it. Like you got to take care of it. And that's a bad comment to say all that. I would say that I I do think they're going to trade Terrace Marshall Jr. Because what's the alternative? You're not going to play him anymore. You might as well get some kind of value in return for a player that you don't use. And the one time you did use him, it was all at the line of scrimmage. And then the next week you didn't care enough to play him. If you did care enough to play him, then you would have found a way to get him on the field. Might as well get a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick out of it. And so hopefully that happens before the deadline.
1: I would just like to see what he could do and, and with, with, with Thomas Brown calling plays. Because if you go back to last year when Carolina made their run, he be, he became a pass-catching target for Sam Darnold. I think I like Bryce Young more as my starting quarterback than I like Sam Darnold, even though he's 0-5 as a starter. I think I like Thomas Brown, even as a first-time play caller. With all the influence he has from the Sean McVay coaching tree now under Frank Wright, calling my plays over Ben McAdoo. So I would like to see him maybe stick it out and like look if if, if it doesn't work with Thomas Brown, then okay, you gotta cut ties. But I think he's a guy as much as anybody on this roster that's going to benefit from the change in play caller because I don't think Thomas Brown is going to forget to get a guy who had nine catches the week before involved in the offense moving forward. All right, it's Wes and
0: Walker with Josh Fitty Marlowe filling in for Wes for the most part. And because of that, we're going to give him some more airtime. We're going to give him a visit to the mound with all of the exciting playoff baseball happening as it stands, gonna be a lot of fun. We'll go over it. Visit to the mound coming up next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio ninety two seven WFNZ.
3: McDonald's is not new to chicken, so maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the Crispy juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken the McCrispie only at McDonald's ba-da-ba-ba-ba whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your
0: favorites learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at K-I-S-Q-A-L-I and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you <laughs>
1: In back goes
2: Brantley to the wall. And Adelis Garcia has hit another home run. Impossible. His fifth in the last four games. He owns Houston.
0: Texas moving on as they beat Houston yesterday they win the series four to three and we have a series all tied up going to a game seven between Arizona and Philadelphia really surprising to see Arizona do that apparently you told me that mad dog Russo said he would retire if Arizona Made the World Series, or even, or was it win the World Series?
1: It was if they won Game Seven tonight, he would vow to retire. I saw this on awful <laughs> announcing on on X earlier today. Now, Mad Dog, man, right, look, Arizona <laughs> just
0: keeps doing it. I'm surprised that they're in this situation. I think a lot of people had Philadelphia clinching last mm-hmm. night, but they were unable to do so. Arizona, they win five-one. Texas, they move on after what was an impressive, I believe, third, fourth inning, four runs scored, and they were able to hold on after that. They win eleven to four. But enough details out of me. I'm going to send it back to Fitty for a visit to the mound. Come on! We'll take you on right here, right now! Come on! Hurry up, batter. It's going to be a short game, and i got to get home for lunch. That my dog was as
2: ugly as you, I'd shave his butt and tell him to walk backwards.
1: Is that your sister out there in left field? Naked. She's naked. You think she'd go out with me? Ah! All right. As you mentioned, Walker, the Rangers win their third AL pennant in the history of the franchise going back to the World Series since they lost in the early 2010s, and the big reason why is Adolis Garcia. He won the ALCS MVP. In the seven-game series, he had 15 RBIs, which is the most in a singular or in a single playoff series in the history of October baseball, when you count the five RBIs he had in the wild card series and the ALDS series as well, he has 20 RBIs total, which is the most in the world, which is the most in the postseason before the World Series in postseason history. He also had two home runs and four base hits in an elimination game. That's never been done. When you talk about some of the great series of, from an individual perspective, we've lamented about what Bryce Harper, Kyle Swarber have done for the Phillies the last two Octobers. But this postseason run, individually, is as good as we've seen in the modern era of baseball. All right, so if
0: Texas gets to the World Series and they fail to win it, That would be the third time in not very long of a time of them actually getting back there. So if you'll remember, in 2010, they lost to San Francisco. In 2011, they lost to St. Louis. And that was a seven-game series, so a little bit more heartbreaking there. If it happens again... Then how are we going to view this franchise? Clearly with a lot of respect for getting there three times in the last 15 years or so. But the fact that you would lose in a few of those World Series, are we going to have to create some kind of curse for the Texas Rangers? Because three World Series losses, that would be pretty tough.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think of like what other team could you even compare like in the NFL? Like for the Bills, it was four straight, but it was... Sports right, sure they never been back. Like there isn't a modern team right now that gets to the World Series and loses, not even in the in, not even the NBA unless you just want to make LeBron James an individual who gets to the finals. And loses more often than not. There you go. It's still damn impressive, though. It is impressive, but then you would want them to have at least one championship. That's where it hurts. Yeah, I mean, like... This
0: is like the Dodgers if they didn't have at least one championship.
1: And look, the Dodgers won in the COVID year, and whether it's right or wrong or indifferent, there's an asterisk beside it because it was a 60-game regular season and a postseason played in a bubble. So, um, I'm pulling for them no matter no matter what. Even if the Diamondbacks come out, I want the Rangers to win because Bruce Bochy is is, a, is just, first off, a hell of a manager. He stays unbeaten in Game 7s. While Dusty Baker, also a great manager, who retired after telling the media he wasn't going to retire last night, mm-hmm. never won a Game 7. He's 11-2 and two in his last 13 elimination games, but as a guy that values analytics, but wants their managers to also manage, that's what Bruce Bochy does. Now, it cost him. His decisions to pitch to Jose Altuve in Game 5 was a big reason why they lost the game. That's why
0: you got seven cracks at these things if it goes that
1: way. But he's also got three World Series titles, and he's on the verge of joining a list at Connie Mack, Joe Torre, like the all-time greats of having won four World Series titles. Like, this guy is one of the best managers the game of baseball has ever seen. My last question is... Did you like the way they handled Max Scherzer?
0: Big point of contention coming in <laughs> with a lot of baseball commentary going on. Did you like the way he handled Max Scherzer in this game, pitching him less than three? Like when he started to struggle a little bit after that second earned run, they're like, nah, man, we're not letting you get it even two, three complete innings pitched here and i think that's what if you watch pti tony kornheiser was talking about that like no, we've seen him allow foreign runs in some of these games as soon as the wheels start to come off even just a little bit you got to go get him. and they didn't let him pitch much after
1: that no i mean it's a game seven it's do or die and with you having three days and three days off before the world series you can you can afford to exhaust your bullpen and he did that which goes to show you in a game that was so lopsided, by the way, how much fear you were still—you still have the other team, because if there's a team that could have made a comeback in a game that was at one point, I think a 10 to two, 11 to two, it would have been the Houston Astros. But nonetheless, uh, the cheaters of the AL, a lot of people uh, wanted to see their downfall, and their, their their run, it appears, it came to an end last night. You mentioned the game seventh tonight in the NLCS. The Phillies are a. Historic baseball franchise? Long, long long-standing. Would you be surprised if I told you this is the first Game 7 they've ever played in the history of their franchise?
0: You could have told me that they played 32 Game (laughs) 7s in their history, (laughs) and I would have said, oh, that makes sense for how long they've existed. This is a shocking fact to me.
1: So, you know, and I think you you look at the the, the Russo thing, they've got the best winning percentage at home in in postseason history at Citizens Bank Ballpark. And how about just some uh, irony? Last night, maybe, if you will, or not, maybe karma is too strong of a word. Bryce Harper shows up to the game in all black, you know, the funeral clothes to bury the Diamondbacks. And mm, the it game hasn't was, worked
0: for anybody yet.
1: And it was 4 nothing in the early part of the going. Aaron Nola, or 3 0 in the early part of the game. Aaron Nola really looked nervous for the first time since he became a postseason pitcher of the last two years. He had an ERA entering last night, started at the 2.46. But uh, my question is. Would it be bad for baseball if we get a Rangers-Diamondbacks World Series? So, baseball, the NBA doesn't matter as much. Mm.
0: Because so many people have tried to talk about you need a big market in the NBA Finals. And I get it. But what has Nikola Jokic taught us? What has Giannis taught us? It's that it's really a player-driven league. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you have a player that is astonishing in a small market. We are going to flock to them. Giannis is a household name. People love what Giannis brings to the table, especially after that championship. Nikola Jokic, people are eating. He's marketing himself. By actively not marketing himself. (laughs) He's telling you he doesn't even like basketball all that much. He just wants to go and scout horses while in practice. But here he is winning the MVP by recording triple doubles like it's easy. So we will flock to all of the stars. In baseball... Without any numbers, I guess, to back it up, I would feel like it probably isn't great for the sport because you do want those bigger markets without it being a player driven league.
1: Yeah, I and mean, the Corbin Carrolls had a fantastic, you know, rookie season 39 stolen bags, or no, it was 54 stolen bags in the regular season. But that doesn't matter to the average baseball fan. And the last time they made the World Series, they played the Yankees. So naturally, the world's going to watch either because they're Yankee fans or they hate watching the Yankees. So. As a baseball guy, I'm pulling for a Phillies-Rangers World Series, although I would be invested in a Diamondbacks-Rangers World Series. Yeah, real
0: quickly, what are your Mets thoughts on the Phillies? Because everybody has fallen in love with the destiny part of this team, Mm -hmm. but they're also a hated team in your division. So what do you think?
1: It was fun watching them take down the Braves. But if you're going to tell me Bryce Harper is going to fail at home in a Game 7 and still be without a World Series, I'm not going to complain.
0: All right. That's Fitty giving us a great visit to the mound, keeping us up to date on everything taking place in Major League Baseball. Let's move on. And I want to bring up Fiddy again, to be honest with you. We got a new game coming at you. I wanted to discuss some of the moves and the decisions this Panthers organization has made over the last couple of years. We debut Daddy GM or Flea Market GM. Coming up next on Wesson Walker.